0: The Jewish people are compared to do. Bilam tried to curse us, but all he said was true. We were told what is good, but we fell for scams. Can we thank Hashem with a thousand rams? Okay, so this week's Torah portion is Parshat Balak, and the Haftorah uh, is found in Micha. So the Haftorah uh, begins by talking about um, the remainder of Yaakov will be in the midst of many people like dew from Hashem, which is not hope for it, which which is not hoped for by man, nor is it awaited by B'nai Adam, nor is it awaited by human beings. So to break this pasuk down, um, so it's talking here about. The remnants of Yaakov, basically those the, the Jewish people that um, have survived uh, throughout countless generations, they are compared to dew that um, that Hashem brings down. And what is unique about dew? The verse says that dew, unlike rain, is not hoped for by man or awaited for by human beings. And the point here is, is that people can see rain. Rain is visible. Rain is something that when, ra- when you're in a drought and you see rain, uh, you celebrate. Dew, however, nobody's hoping for dew. Dew just, just so happens to, to be there without having to pray for it, without having, you know, it's, it's not as visible. Dew is, is quieter. Uh, it's, it's just on the grass. It's, it's something that forms overnight. It's something that we don't visibly see. Rain is, is so obvious. Dew is so quiet. Um, yet, with that being said, Dew is extremely underappreciated. It still can give life, give give water, give nutrients to the plants, um, despite there not being any rain. And the Jewish people, uh, this, uh, Micha is saying, the Jewish people, we are like dew. Because the Jewish people are, um, at times, underappreciated in the nation's that we live in. However, uh, the reality is, is that we're like, do we're, we're, we're quiet. Maybe we don't necessarily have such a, um, you know, such a big leadership role in many nations. However, we are actually a blessing for the host nation. And, and we're, we don't even, uh, th- those nations don't even realize it. They only see rain. However, do it's quieter. It's, uh, it, it's less obvious, but it still can give nutrients and feed um, and, and, and feed plant life. And so to the, the Jewish people, while we might be quiet, while we might, you know, not be, uh, the most overstated people in our country, uh, whatever country we may find ourselves in, uh, we're actually a blessing to the host nation, uh, Micha says. Now, um, another interesting thing is it says that rain, that, that dew is not hoped for by man. And one of the commentaries here says is, is that Jewish people, the Jewish people are also not hoped for by man that that other human beings uh very oftentimes don't necessarily wish so well on us however we don't the that uh, the the commentary says we don't really rely on that we rely on 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 God we rely on sort of a, a more divine spiritual uh intervention we don't necessarily just rely on uh whether we're hoped for by man or not because we know we have uh, you know, Hashem there uh, on, on, on our side. So moving on, um, it says that the Haftorah compares Jews to uh, a lion amongst animals of a forest. Um, and like a lion, Israel has the strength to rise above sort of the, the other nations. I heard an interesting mushal, an interesting parable here that um, a, a, a lion asks uh, a bird to get a certain uh, bone out of his teeth. And the bird flies in, takes it out, takes that bone out of his teeth and leaves. And the bird then asks, what do I get in return for for cleaning your teeth? And the lion says, uh, nothing. The, the, what, I, what I gave you is the fact that nobody enters my mouth and leaves it. You're the first ever animal that has come into my mouth and left safely. And that's the, that's the gift that I'm giving you. Um, and so to the Jewish people, just the fact that we're still around, the fact that we're sort of in the lion's mouth, so to speak, um, and the fact that we're still sticking around is a tremendous uh, chesed in and of it by itself. Uh, just the fact that we're able to still stick around, even though we're in the lion's mouth and no, you know, no other nation normally can go in the lion's mouth, so to speak, and get out safely. But the Jewish people have done that for, for millennia. Um, then the Haftarah says that the lion will tear apart flocks of sheep, uh, and there will be no rescuer. And then, um, it says in the end of days, your hand, the Jewish people's hand will be raised over your enemies. Um, and then the whole, uh, karitu, that basically all of our adversaries will be cut off. However, one of the commentaries say, but you can make a diok, you can make an inference here that, um, that. The fact that uh, that your enemies will be destroyed, this, says, this means that our friends, we will not dominate our friends. So uh, the Jewish people, that, that the, the friends of the Jewish people, um, you know, sometimes leaders come to power and they become so power hungry that they basically cut off all their friends in addition to their enemies. However, uh, this is saying the Jewish people would just cut down their enemies. Uh, however, their friends will, uh, will, will still succeed. Moving on, um, the Aftorah says, On that day, meaning on the day of redemption, uh, on that day, your horses and your chariots will be destroyed. Uh, Hashem will tear down walled cities and fortifications. There will be no more fortune tellers or witches. Um, The idols will be eliminated. You won't bow down to your own handiwork. You won't bow down to your idols. Um, we, God will uproot the Ashara trees, the, the those trees that they used to, to worship. Uh, God will destroy those that hate us. And with anger and wrath, Hashem will carry out revenge against the nations that didn't listen. Definitely some strong words. So what's all this about? This idea that basically all of our horses and chariots will be destroyed. All of our walled cities will be uh, annihilated that we won't have any fortune tellers we won't have any idols what's this all coming to say the point is the commentary say it's because on the day of redemption it will be such sort of a spiritual victory that you won't need military might you won't need idolatry you won't need fortune tellers all you need is basically a certain level of Imuna um, of faith, and that's really all that's necessarily needed in that case, in, in, in the time of redemption. You won't need military might and idolatry, fortune tellers, basically, the, the, the normal way that the, word, the, the world works in nature uh, will be no more. Normally, if you want to succeed in the world, you need horses and chariots, and you need walled cities and fortifications, and you need people that are going to tell you what the future looks like, and, and you know, Uh, and, and, and basically Hashem is saying, you don't need any of that stuff. When the day of redemption comes, uh, it will be sort of beyond the normal way that the world works. Moving on, uh, the Haftorah says, listen to what Hashem says, arise before the mountains and let the hill and let the hills hear your voice. And this is basically a reference to the fact that, uh, the Jewish people, uh, the commentaries say are are, are considered like the foundation of the earth. Listen, you mountains and foundations of the earth. Basically listen, Jewish people. Hashem has a complaint against his people, against the Jewish people. Hashem will ask, what did I do to you? How did I tire, how did I tire you? Testify against me. Basically asking what reason did the Jews have to abandon the Torah? It's interesting when Hashem says, um, what did I do to tire you? Uh, the commentaries say here, is that to bring carbonote to bring offerings? Um, all of the all of the animals that are brought as offerings are domesticated animals. God very well could have said, "What you actually should bring for an offering is I want you to bring deer. I want you to bring bears. I want you to bring giraffes. I want you to bring wild animals, elephants that are out there in the world that are wild that are not domesticated. That would have been much harder to hunt down and find than domesticated animals." But it's saying, you know, sort of ironically, did I tire you? Of course I didn't, you know, did Hashem tire us? Of course Hashem didn't tire us. We had all those animals in our own backyard. Um, and I heard just a general idea on this is that, you know, Judaism at times can be, can seem difficult. However, if we look at it from another, another angle, it's really sort of what gives us life, not what should tire us. Um, then, uh, then the Haftorah says, I Hashem brought you out from slavery in Egypt and I sent Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam before you. The commentaries say here wouldn't have been enough, wouldn't it have been enough just for Hashem to bring us out from slavery in Egypt? And um, the Haftorah is saying no, that that uh, that's not our mission. Our mission isn't just to be a freed nation. There's been many, many, many cases of slavery in world history and most cases those slaves become free but they don't necessarily turn into something special themselves. And the Jewish people are different because Moshe sent, you know, or Hashem sent us Moshe, our own Miriam that we've been reading in, you know, about in these, in these recent Parshiot. And those leaders basically propelled us from being just like any other nation, from being a, a nation that was freed from slavery into being a nation that was kadosh, into being a nation that was holy. Um, then it says, my people hear what Balak, king of Moab, schemed and what Balaam and, and what Bilam answered." and this is why this haftorah is is uh recited for the parsha um of Balak for parshat Balak because um we read about this famous story where Balak he asks Bilam to curse the Jewish people and Bilam can't do it Bilam replies how can I curse god hasn't cursed how can I be angry god isn't angry you know it's interesting um the the dichotomy here that as I talked about on uh, my last year's Parsha podcast, this idea that perhaps Moshe's greatest mistake, in, in, when he struck the rock, is that he called um, the nation of Israel rebels, and by calling them rebels, that was sort of he was angry at the Jewish people, even though God wasn't angry. In a, a sort of an interesting way, um, Bilam is sort of. Uh, uh, almost uh, better than Moshe in this instance, where Bilam recognizes if God isn't angry, then I personally can't be angry. Is where Moshe, Moshe was angry at the Jewish people, even though he wasn't supposed to be because God himself wasn't angry. Um, and then Bilam, he also says the famous line, "Matovu Israel." How good are your tents, O Israel? And um, Rashi says what this means: How good are your tents? It's talking about Snias, It's talking about modesty. That the Jewish people, um, that the Jewish people, when they built their tents, they made sure that the windows and the doors they weren't lined up with each other to be able to see uh, into into one another's houses. Um, and uh, and and then the Haftorah says, uh, recognize, you know, the righteous acts of Hashem. Um, that if you, if you're able to sort of see the fact that God took us out of Egypt, that he gave us Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, that he had, you know, Bilam instead of cursing the Jewish people, uh, praising the Jewish people. If you recognize all those things, then, um, you know, you, you'll be indebted. And then the Torah basically says just that. The Torah says, with what should I approach Hashem with? Now that I can see all that Hashem did for the Jewish people, what can we do to repay him? should we bring him ola offerings should we bring him um you know calves that are that are a year old should we bring him thousands of rams should we bring him tens of thousands of streams of oil should we bring him it gets even more dramatic should we bring him our own firstborns our own fruit of the womb uh for the sins that we've committed and and the answer is no the answer is Hashem told us what is good. It's not bringing offerings. It's not bringing streams of oil. It's not even offering your firstborn uh, to to God. Rather, what's good is good is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before your God. And uh, in Hebrew, that's asot chesed im and. What what's interesting about this is the order. So it says, "What's really good is doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly before your God." Um, and this idea that that basically uh, doing justice and loving kindness is not inherently contradictory to modesty. A person might incorrectly think in order to be modest. You have to basically lock yourself in a room all day. You can't, you know, you, the, the sun can't even hit your body. Otherwise, that's, uh, that's immodest. You can't leave your house. However, the, um, the, the Torah tells us otherwise. The Torah says, yes, modesty, that is a key character trait of the Jewish people. However, uh, don't think that being modest means to stay in your house all day and never see the light of day, never see anybody else. In fact, it's the opposite. It's this idea that we actually have to be involved with the world. We have to be pursuing justice and, 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 uh, doing acts of kindness, and it's only through those acts with the community, doing things inside the community, um, doing things with other people socially, that only then, then and only then, are we able to walk humbly before your God. So, don't think that to walk humbly before your God um, is, you know, that you should just hide away. Really, it's the opposite. It's that you should be involved in the community, and through that, you will uh, walk humbly before your God. Another interesting thing the Chida says, the says. Is that because of this order? It says, "Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God." Um, the order the Chida picks up on is the fact that do justice and love kindness are both are both uh, in the category of ben adam l'chaviro, basically between fellow man mitzvot that you have to do between your fellow man. So doing justice and kindness is what we do for others, and the Chida says that God will not forgive you for sins between Hashem until. Um, you first seek forgiveness with other people because first with, you know, the, the interaction between other people, doing justice and loving kindness comes before walking humbly before your God. Okay, so to recap, um, I talked about how the Torah begins by saying the remainder of Yaakov will be in the midst of many peoples like Dew from Hashem, which uh, is not hoped for by man, nor is it awaited by Bnei Adam. So to break this down, I said that, You know, the Jews are compared to dew because even without any rain, you know, rain is what normally people are hoping for. Rain is what you can see, rain is more visible. Dew is something that just so happens to sort of come up on the grass uh overnight. It's not something that we really appreciate yet. It's a sustaining life force and it can it can water plants uh even without rain um falling. And the Jews are like dew, because just like dew that's sort of underappreciated, that's not hoped for So too, the Jewish people are underappreciated, but we actually are a blessing for all the countries that we've been through, uh, that we've been in throughout the millennia. Um, And another interesting point is it says that, um, that do is not hoped for by man. And this is to say that the Jewish people shouldn't rely on, on others, strictly on others to help us. Rather, we sort of have a more divine connection. Moving on. So it says the Jews are like a lion among the animals of the forest. And the commentaries say, like a lion, Israel has the strength to rise up above all the other animals. And I spoke about that that muscle, that's that uh, parable that uh, a bird, you know, a lion asks a bird to get something out of its mouth. The bird gets it, and then the and the bird says, "What do I get for payment?" The lion says, "I already paid you. Normally, when something comes in my mouth, I eat it. Uh, But you, uh, I did not eat." And similarly, that's like the Jewish people. The Jewish people have been amongst lions. Uh, for millennia, and we've been sort of in the lion's mouth, and miraculously, um, as a major chesed, as a as a major kindness, we have not been utterly destroyed, which is what you would logically think of, you know, if you go into a lion's mouth, and we've been in the lion's mouth, so to speak, uh, basically our whole existence, and we're we're still here. Um, moving on, so your hand will be raised, the Jewish people's hand will be raised over your enemies, um, v'chol oivecha, vayikartu, and by and your adversaries will be cut off. Um, and the commentaries say your adversaries will be cut off, but your friends, uh, you will not dominate over your friends. Moving on. It says, um, on the day on, on that day, meaning on the day of redemption, on the day of redemption, your horses and your chariots will be destroyed. Your walled cities will be torn down. Your fortifications will be ripped apart. There will be no fortune tellers or witches. I'll eliminate, God will eliminate idolatry. And you won't bow down to your own handiwork. uh He'll uproot the Ashara trees, those idol-worshiping trees. He'll destroy those that hate you. And with anger and wrath, Hashem will uh, carry out revenge against the nations that didn't listen to Him. The point of all this is, is to say that um, redemption, the day of redemption will be sort of above derach teva. It's, it will be above the normal natural order of the world. The normal natural order of the world is you need horses, you need chariots, you need walled cities, you need fortifications, you need people telling you what's going to happen in the future. Um, and basically, God is saying you won't need any of that stuff. That's all what you need today in the normal world. Uh, military might, you know, future telling, but, but but you won't actually need any of that stuff in um the times of the moshiach because god will basically provide all those miracles without needing any of the normal methods um then it says uh listen to what hashem says rise before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice listen you mountains and foundations of the earth and uh the commentaries say the jewish people are compared to the foundations of the earth and it says hashem has a complaint against his people israel hashem will ask the jewish people what did I do to you? How did I tire you? Testify against me. Basically, the this is saying Hashem's challenging the Jewish people. What reason did you have, Jewish people, for abandoning the Torah? And did I tire you? Um, meaning that I said the korbanot, the offerings, Um, all of those animals that were brought for offerings were domesticated animals, not animals like like deer and lions and elephants, uh, animals that would be very hard to capture because they're out in the wild. All you have to do is just go to your own backyard and find a sheep or, or find an ox, et cetera, uh, to donate. Um, now moving on, um, uh, so it says, I Hashem brought you, uh, b- brought you from slavery out of Egypt and I sent Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam before you. Um, and I mentioned here that not only were the Jewish people brought out of slavery, many nations have been brought out of slavery throughout the history of humanity. However, what's unique about the Jewish people is that God sent us Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, um, which that's special because basically those people elevated us from just any other nation that got out of slavery into being a nation that was kadosh, into being a nation that was, that was holy, that was separate. Um, my people... Uh, the Jewish people he- hear, listen to what Balak king of Moab schemed and what Bilam answered, the Haftorah says. And this is our relation to our Haftorah, to our Torah portion of Balak. And just to recap that story, Balak, he asks Bilam to curse the Jewish people. However, Bilam replies, how can I curse? God hasn't cursed. How can I be angry? God isn't angry. I mentioned there that Moshe, when he struck the rock, he called the people, um, rebels and perhaps he was angry at the jewish people even though god wasn't in a way Bilaam was better than than moshe here because he at least uh didn't curse he, he at least you know wasn't angry at the jewish people uh because god wasn't angry at the jewish people then you have that famous line matovu yakov mishkanot no israel how godly are your how goodly are your tents and what this message is is basically a privacy message a message of your windows your doors they're separate and that should be, you know, they 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 they're not lined up with other houses. You can't see all the, you know, all the the, the family action of everybody else. Your your private people, your sneas people, um, and that's commended by uh, by Bilam. Yeah. And then it says, you know, if you if you remember all these things, if you remember what happened when we brought you out of Egypt, and and that I brought you Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, and that. I had Bilam, uh, and you know, uh, bless you instead of curse you. You'll if you recognize all those things, then you'll recognize the righteous acts of Hashem. And then, um, and then, basically, now the Haftorah switches to, okay, it must be that Hashem really did a lot of great for us. How can we thank Him? Um, what should I do to approach Hashem with? How how can I thank God? Should I bring an Olah offering, a first year, the first year calves, thousands of rams, tens of thousands of streams of oil? Uh, the firstborn or the fruit of the womb you know so it 's getting sort of more and more intense. What should I bring? Should I bring you know uh, uh, one offering? should I bring thousands of offering tens of thousands of offering? Should I even bring my own son or daughter the own, my own fruit of the womb um, and the answer is no. The answer is Hashem told us what is good, so what is that? what is good? Um, the answer is Asot mishbat chesed va. Um, that you should do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before your God. And I mentioned here on this last point that doing justice is not contradicted by modesty, that you might think to be modest you have to live in your home, you have to be secluded. Um, however, it's really the opposite. Rish Lakish says one that doesn't go to shul um, is, is a bad neighbor. The idea being here is that a person shouldn 't just stay in their home all day, never leave, never have any human interaction, and think that that 's walking modestly with god really it 's the opposite really it 's pursuing justice it 's being involved in your community it 's loving kindness, doing things within your community, and through that we 're able to be uh walk humbly before god and the Ridah mentions here is that god won 't forgive us for our sins um, between us and God until but first and foremost. We seek forgiveness with uh, our fellow people. Um, And his proof for that is the fact that first the verse says, do justice and love kindness, basically interactions between us and other people. Then and only then are we able to have a connection with God and walk humbly before your God. With that, I'll read my poem. The Jewish people are compared to do. Bilam tried to curse us, but all he said was true. We were told what is good, but we fell for scams can we thank Hashem with a thousand rams? And with that, lachaim lachaim. and this has been the Jehovah Torah.